The Start On Demand. On demand. Congratulations to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for winning the Grey Cup. In this podcast, you will hear from Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as he sums up what this victory means not just for the team, but to the fans and to the community at large. We'll also hear from Mayor Brian Bowman. We'll hear from Dana Spiring, who is the President and CEO of Economic Development Winnipeg and the Chair of the Winnipeg Football Club. And we'll hear from a groggy Greg who was up late in Calgary after the Grey Cup win. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Monday, November 25th Championship Podcast for the start. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have just won the Grey Cup. For the first time since 1990, and what an absolutely overwhelming and brilliant performance by the Blue Bombers. 33-12, to the final score over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Those were words that I was wondering if we would ever hear Bob Irvin get to say. Oh, yeah, and you know, last night I made all the kids come downstairs. We were at the neighbor's house. There's about 30 of us there watching, and everyone's having a good time and running around. And I went upstairs, and I said, you have to come back down for this because you don't know when you're going to get to see this again. And I said, I was 13, right? So I said, you're going to be like 45. <laughs> so you can really get down here and celebrate because it's such an, it's such an emotional moment, right? And man, did our city need this, I think. Did our, did our province need this? Did it, whether you're a sports fan or not, it felt good. Felt feels good. Still feels good. And Greg Mackling is still in Calgary. He's going to make his way back to Winnipeg tonight. But Greg, you must be over the moon. Well, I'm still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I got back to my hotel room around uh, 1 o'clock Calgary time. So I don't know even know what time it is right now. I guess it's 5. So about four hours ago. And there were still Blue Bomber fans streaming out of McMahon Stadium. They had some incredible venues around the stadium so yeah even in the wee hours of the calgary night there were there were go blue mm. being shout across distances across parking lots and i'm i'm waiting for somebody to bang on my hotel <laughs> wall here to tell me to, to shut up but uh oh my gosh you guys uh it was like mini winnipeg here last night in mcmahon stadium the sea of blue and gold and it was so prominent by the time the game ended when all the other fans filtered out there were hundreds if not thousands of fans on the field at one point and and then the first three or four rows all the way well i guess not all the way around but on both grandstands and the players were interacting with the fans and the family and friends of the players uh, that were on the field it just it was just overwhelming you guys i put together some sound here i'm just going to play this um it's got your voice in it, Greg. You talked to some fans. It's got Bob in it, and of course it has some of the players. And I, I think I've cried, teared up about 16 times already this morning just listening to everybody. And uh, I, doubt, I doubt you had a dry eye last night, but you can tell us after this. How long have you been a season ticket holder? 25 years. What, is this, what does this feel like right now? This is everything that we've waited for. All of our blood, sweat, and tears. All of our games we haven't missed and all of our cheering. Oh, 
Chris, you're bringing the Grey Cup home to Winnipeg. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Strevy, how's it feel, brother? Best feeling in the world. Best feeling in the world. Do Do you have any idea what's waiting for you in Winnipeg? I don't know, but I've had my parade outfit picked out for about four months now. I'm going to be looking swaggy. I also want to say for the for the fans that, you know, there's going to be fans that maybe missed it by a year whose loved ones maybe have missed it for a year, but I bet you they're smiling down on us right now, too. that terrible singing which i loved anyway and i could listen to over and over again greg i loved o'shea's point i think there were a lot of people thinking about the loved ones who they've lost over the last 29 years people they used to go to the game with and even when i was listening to your interviews with some fans and we'll play more after 6 15 i thought i bet you greg's trying really hard now not to uh pull out the kleenex because it's just it's almost impossible not to think of all the, the you've endured well um Bob Irving said something in our pregame coverage yesterday. He said, GMAC, I, I believe you can be objective. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a fan, but since I, can, I also believe you can be objective about what we're going to see on the field today. And so I took that as a gigantic compliment. And guys, I got to be honest, I held it together for the most part uh, until I guess the first time I, I, I wanted to kind of go sideways um, gentlemen who, and we haven't become friends, but we've got a connection because of my, my kids' names, uh, Brendan and Alexander is Brandon Alexander and, and Brett and I got to golf with him a couple of years ago. And I looked in, uh, BA's eyes and I said, when was the last time you won a championship? And he got kind of still and quiet and you could sort of see the tears in his eyes. Uh, starting to well up. He says, I, Greg, I've never won a championship before. Wow. And when you imagine an athlete that performs at the level that Brandon Alexander does, not experiencing this before, I asked Chris Strebler the same question. He said he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Eight. I listened to that eight. audio and I thought, you know what? That's so remarkable that he can re- remember with very clear details. I think he had the team and the score he and did. everything, right? Like it was all very much about that's how long it's been, right? Everybody has that moment of waiting for that feeling. Well, and I went out on a limb and I said, what was the score in the game? He said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we, were, we were champions. And uh, Christian O'Mel, oh my gosh, I got to tell you guys, what a beast. He, he, like just collecting audio and, and individuals in the dressing room and just getting it done. And uh, Jackson Jeffcoat's dad, who of course won the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys, not once but twice. And got a mo- I got a moment with Willie Jefferson's father, I just went over and spoke to him with the recorder off, and I said, uh, you're Willie Jefferson's father, aren't you? And he said, yes, sir. I said, uh, I know you don't know who I am, but uh, our city loves your son and your daughter-in-law and what they're doing in our community and the connection they've made with Winnipeg, and I just want to congratulate you for, for raising a fine boy. And, and he gave me a huge hug, and the family that were there... The Blue Bombers really, really did things upright yesterday. And uh, the first person I saw on the field was our friend Tracy Koga. 
and her husband, Kevin Nealis, the Winnipeg, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, who was on the Blue Bombers in 1984 when they broke the streak of 22 years up in Edmonton, uh, in 84. I don't know. I think I just repeated myself. Sorry, guys. Against Hamilton. And Kevin just went off and I, I grabbed my phone and we were hugging, jumping up and down. And if you'll indulge me for 20 seconds, uh, when I used to play football, we used to skip a little bit of school once in a while. And, uh, James Murphy and Kevin Nealis were working out at the Winnipeg Velodrome one day and we were watching them and they invited us to come down and work out with them. That was in 1987, and I will never, ever forget that. And to see Kevin Nealis last night celebrating with tears in his eyes, a grown man, you know exactly what this means to uh, those close to the club, but to people in Manitoba. This is such a, such a special, special event and there is a moment that uh we I, we have shared on social media this morning and me i was standing outside just recording this global news video of merrick to cash at portage in maine and i, burst, I heard out, about it i burst out laughing it's, it's merrick standing there talking to kevin hirschfield uh surrounded by people and this dude jumps in front of the camera and stone cold steve austin style crushes a couple of beers it is just Priceless. So we put that on our 680 CJOB Instagram and on Twitter. Greg, are you going to go back to bed now or what? Uh, I'll do whatever you would need me or want me to do, guys. <laughs> I'd say go to bed, Greg. Yeah. We'll wake you up in a couple hours. I love you and I love Winnipeg. <laughs> That's always the same. All right. GMAC out. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling is in Calgary and is going to rejoin us a little bit later because he didn't get back to his hotel room until about 1 o'clock as the celebration went strong. Wrong team! I think that's one of my favorite parts of that. Wrong team! I don't know. I I didn't see the video of what was going on there, but... Uh, yeah, Portage and Maine. Uh, they kicked it off just right last night. We knew they'd do it, right? We knew fans would go to Portage and Maine, but there were hundreds. I would argue even in the thousands down there, judging by some of the pitchers. Uh, fans rushing to the iconic intersection to shut it down and celebrate. There were flags, there were homemade cups homemade gray cups there was those impromptu singing that was impromptu chants and in case you couldn't catch it that's obviously O'Shea they're singing about which I just thought was super creative or maybe not that creative it's pretty simple to go from Olay to O'Shea but I still I, I had never heard that before either I, I loved it I thought that was genius so they were heaping praise on the head coach for guiding the team to Grey Cup history and putting an end to the longest championship drought in the CFL. And while there were plenty of cheers, there were also many of us who shed tears last night in homes and in bars and in the stands in Calgary. Here's Greg Mackling with fan Lindsay Sexsmith. You're from Winnipeg originally. You live in Calgary now. What a special day. What a special day. I can't believe that we did this. Your family, uh, very dedicated Blue Bomber fans. This is literally in your blood. It is. All of us cried. We all shed tears. My whole family's back home in Winnipeg crying about this, and we have like we have our name in the stadium. We are true diehard Blue Bomber fans, and this is our day today. I'm trying to hold it together here because I'm thinking about <laughs> all the people who are so happy about what was accomplished here today. You know, Winnipeg gets a bad rap sometimes, and a lot of us move away from home. But we never leave Winnipeg. Never, never. That's why I have gold spandex and I wear them to every Blue Bomber game in Calgary. <laughs> I feel like I should say congratulations. Thank you, you should. <laughs> Woo!
Greg Mackling with fan Lindsay Sexsmith last night, and Bob Irving is going to give us a bit of a soliloquy after 6.30, and he references how tough it's been to be a Bomber fan. Mm. 29 years of futility. And if you don't listen to Bob's voice and get a tear in your eye, then walk away from me today. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a good feeling. Let's enjoy it, people. They don't come by very often, and man, this has been a rough 29 years as fans, but it's been a rough several months uh, for Winnipeggers and Manitobans. Just uh, let's, let's enjoy the good. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling is in Calgary and will rejoin us a little bit later on. We do have another traffic tip here from Wanda. Highway 6 is snow and ice covered. Probably safe to assume that most highways not i mean you you come in from yeah. south of the city it was brutal the drive was brutal this morning it was it, it was the worst one of the year it's early i know but it's just that that gross combination of snow and sleet and it's just the right temperature so it was pretty slippery underneath uh we're going to try to bring environment canada on after seven just to talk about your forecast not just because your drive-in is going to be brutal t- today but we know a parade is mm. being planned a gray cup parade and so that the weather will play a role in that it's likely to happen tomorrow so we got lots of questions about the weather for a good reason, too. And that parade is happening because... Hey, it's an impressive win. I tell you what, guys, to play your best when it mattered most is fantastic. You all should be proud of yourself. All right? I love you, Oz. Plug your ears. I like the warning, plug your ears, yep. because an expletive's coming, just in case you don't want to hear it. And it doesn't matter what it was, the, the emotion was there, Brett. Yeah, well, the first, I mean, now and that was Greg who recorded that that clip. He was right there in the locker room, and you can see that video on 680CJOB's Instagram. But that was Coach Michael Shea and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers inside the locker room last night, breaking open the champagne and finally celebrating. Right from kickoff, the Blue Bombers were stellar, dominating the game and stunning the Hamilton Tiger Cats with a 33-12 to win. Capping off the night, of course, was the performance of Andrew Harris, who became the first player to ever be named MVP and Outstanding Canadian. It's also the first time a Canadian player has won MVP since 1969, so a huge personal victory for Harris, who seconds after being awarded MVP said, this is for all the haters. There was also an expletive thrown in there that doesn't need to be said, but he you could tell it meant a lot to him to not just win that Grey Cup, but to be named MVP, taking a shot at anyone who really called him a cheater after he was suspended for failing that drug test earlier this year. Here's Harris on the post-game show with Bob Irving. Man, you look like a man possessed tonight. Absolutely. I mean, uh, set out goals. Uh, you know, when you start doing something and to, to, to have an opportunity to make it come true, you take full advantage of that opportunity and Today, uh, I, did, I did just that. They've closed Portage and Maine, the city and the province going nuts. How do you feel about that? Oh, man, Portage and Maine is closed? That's crazy. Yep. I mean, that's, yep. that's awesome. Uh, they deserve it. They deserve it. I can't wait to get back to, get back, uh, to Winnipeg and, and celebrate with the rest of the Hey, Andrew Harris, you're bringing the Grey Cup home to Winnipeg. <laughs> oh, man. summoning his inner nature boy rick flair with a good solid woo uh i can't pitch that i might i'm a little greg's lost his voice entirely mine's kind of half gone now it was hard to sum up the night let alone the season but if there's one person who can put what that victory means to the club our city our province it's the voice of the winnipeg blue bombers 
Bob Irving. Andrew Harris on a mission. What's left to say about the Winnipeg product who simply ached to bring the Grey Cup back home? Harris ran through, around, and over Hamilton defenders all night. Winnipeg's offensive and defensive lines dominated the trenches. Zach Kolaris cool as ice behind center, as always. Chris Streveler with his usual punishing runs and an absolute pinpoint touchdown pass to Harris in the second quarter. Put it all together, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers made a mockery of all those who picked the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win the 107th Grey Cup. And that was most of the pundits. What they didn't take into account was the resolve this Winnipeg team had built over the past three weeks, with tough wins over Calgary twice and Saskatchewan once, two of those on the road. Those three victories further galvanized a team that already had great chemistry, and everybody contributed. Darvin Adams, Drew Walatarski, Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski, Kenny Lawler all caught passes. Strevler did his short yardage thing along with those key pass completions. He also shook off a punishing tackle, returning to the game as only he could. And Strevler even caught a pass from Darvin Adams for 13 yards. On defense, it was Willie Jefferson and Steve Richardson and Drake Nevis and Jake Thomas and Jackson Jeffcoat up front, making young Hamilton quarterback Dane Evans very uncomfortable. And with the help of linebackers Kyrie Wilson, Adam Big Hill, and Mercy Maston, they stopped Hamilton not once but twice on third and a yard. Winnipeg's tough physical play knocked the ever-dangerous Speedy Banks out of the game. Special teams were solid. Talk about your ultimate team effort. It was interesting all week how relaxed Blue Bomber head coach Mike O'Shea was. He exuded confidence in his guys, saying he was simply anxious to see them go out and work. And did they ever work on Sunday night in Calgary? I can only imagine the sheer joy felt by the most deeply vested of Blue Bomber fans, fans who've been waiting for so long to see their beloved Blue Bombers bring home the big prize again. Keith Urban was sensational at halftime, as everybody knew he would be. And when he sang his big hit, Blue Ain't Your Color, he was dead wrong. Because on this night, blue was the color, and it was not close. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are Grey Cup champions. God, it sounds good. It feels so good to hear that word. Those words come out of Bob Irving's mouth. Grey Cup champions, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And he's right, that Keith Urban halftime show was great. I'm not like I'm not super familiar with his music, mm. but uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought he was good and I and I think what Bob had to say at the end there about how good it feels to win. You don't have to be a sports fan or a, or even a Bombers fan to get how sports can unite people and bring people together and like generate that great feeling of like yeah, like that just, it feels good. It's not about winning. It's about doing something together. And I think sometimes, sometimes the long suffering get it better than most, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know that agony of defeat and boy, have we known it Yeah, to know how good it feels to win. And I think too, when you think about how, uh, how we just on Friday, we're talking about the reputation of Winnipeg and the fact that, you know, like people are talking about crime and, and Greg was talking about his Uber ride to the hotel and how, you know, the driver's talking to him about what's going on in your city in such a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so it, you don't have to love the Bombers to get how the positivity of this will win out the day. I went for a walk yesterday and it just, 
just observing people walking by and I was it, it made me smile to see almost everybody I saw had some sort of blue bombers paraphernalia, whether it was a toque or a hat or a t-shirt sort of poking out underneath a jacket or a jacket. Uh, I don't you know to see all, so many Winnipeggers get behind this team because for years, People will often just say, ah, bombers, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, we've gotten used to disappointment and, and there's been this apathy towards the football club for a lot of people. So to see the city rally behind this football club as they headed into the playoffs and stick with them, in spite of the fact that they kind of sputtered, you know, mid, mid to late season. And then this playoff run has just been incredible and it was weird on Friday. I, I spoke to like every Friday morning, I do a bit with our sister station in Calgary, 770 CHQR, uh, to talk movies. But they asked me, so, great cup, and what's your prediction? And I said, well, I can't really make a, I'm not a sportsing guy. I'm, I'm, I'm no, no authority. But I just kind of felt it. It mm-hmm. just felt it. And when I was at my buddy's place yesterday, they, they felt it too. It just felt like this was their, this was the year. They were mm-hmm. going to win, and they just smoked Hamilton. It wasn't even, it was just domination. Right out of the gates, right? There was three turnovers, um, interceptions, and then and then halfway through the game, I turned to my husband and said, almost too good to be true right now, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't even say that any louder than you just said it, because it felt like, this can't be this can't be right. This is this can't be how this is going to go. And it is. It was. We. It, you were right. I I didn't doubt that yesterday. Like I, I just, it just felt like the players knew it, and the coach knew it, and the look on fans' faces were that they knew it. Like, very calm. A, a weird calm. Text message to 204-780-6868. So I had a dream that we won the Great Cup. Only this time I've been able to stay in the dream for a while. Did that ever happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> Signed from the other side of that massive hill. If you have anything you want to text us, 204-780-6868, including if you've got any traffic tips regarding what you're seeing with the road conditions due to this wet, slushy snow. We'll continue to, to chat the Grey Cup right after we have a look at your forecast. Mackling's in Calgary. He's going to rejoin us a little bit later on. McGarry and McNabb back in studio. Jeff Fortier and Master Control on Grey Cup Championship Monday. And don't forget, Coach's Show tonight, Bob Irving and Mike O'Shea at 7 o'clock. I guess that'll be the final edition of the season. Oh, and and it's going to be a good one. Man, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully parade tomorrow. If you have an idea for tomorrow, too, let us know. 780-6868. I haven't been to any championship parade ever in my lifetime. Have you? No. Like I wasn't. No. I was lived in Minado, so obviously growing up. So I w- I remember winning the Grey Cup uh, in 1990, but we didn't go to the parade. And we watched the Raptors this year, and you watch St. Louis, and you know, like, what would you like to see? Are you? What's your plan? Question of the day at cjob.com has just been updated. It's brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Will you attend the Grey Cup Parade? Your options are yes, wouldn't miss it. Maybe I have FOMO. Fear of missing out. No, not my thing. Those are your options. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And right now, Loren McNabb, we want to talk about what we used for our trivia question in our previous segment for the Family Pass for Five to Lights of the North. The question was, what high school did they go to? And this is one that uh, three Winnipeg Blue Bombers players actually went to. Last night, Andrew Harris was asked about uh, that connection between the school, Oak Park, Nick Dempsey, Nip, Nick Dembski, and I think sometimes they refer to Nick Dembski as Andrew said he was like his little brother. And so oh, cool. here's Andrew just talking about what that connection means. Andrew, how do you feel about how incredible it was tonight that the two 
kids from Oak Park, yourself and Nick Dembski, had such a tremendous impact on ending this 30-year drought. I mean, me and Dembski been talking about this for a while and uh, are, are, are working working hard together. And um, for us to do this, you know, I was the first guy I grabbed after Victory O and um, just wanted to just, you know, just enjoy it. He's, he's like a little brother to me. And, uh, you know, I just watched his game elevate to another level last couple of years. I'm just so proud of him. Greg Mackling, how about you introduce our next guest? Well, the head coach of the Oak Park Raiders for a long time, but doing spectacular work is Stu Dixon. He joins us now. And Stu, congratulations on this. I know you're not going to, you'll be humble because that's just the way you are, but uh, and it's got to feel pretty special to see those young men accomplish what they did last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very special. I don't know if you could uh, explain that feeling. Just a, a heart bursting with pride, you know, like those guys played phenomenally. I mean, just play after play of exceptional football play. Like, it doesn't get much better than that performance. It was pretty impressive to watch. I was very proud of him. We were sitting actually at uh, Dave Black's place, who incidentally was playing in the last time the Bombers won it in 1990. So all of us had coached those guys, and we were sitting around, and we couldn't have been happier. It was just wonderful. Am I wrong in saying there's still some emotion and, and tears holding back in your in your voice now there, Stu? Well, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm feeling very happy for those guys. They were pretty special people. Very, very driven. Um, they, they were just, they were going to get it done, right? And they're, they're a wonderful example for other kids that you teach uh, that have some potential. It's the other things that are the hard part of being that successful that, that they display and you could reflect on and draw the, that attention to the kids. And they're a, they're a huge inspiration to a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm very proud. So just like we focus sometimes on the football when it comes to the Great Cup victory, for the city, it's a, it's a special thing. When it comes to football, in my mind, Coach Doby of the University of Manitoba Bisons has always won me over with his philosophy in creating young men first and foremost. And the football is almost secondary. Talk about how your philosophy dovetails into that uh, thought, the, the thought of Brian Doby, Stu. Well, I absolutely agree with him. Like, uh, I, I don't know that I could uh, do the kind of work that Brian Dolby does. And it's enough, it's enough work being a head coach at a high school level with all the preparation that's involved at the university level. It's even multiplied by, I don't even know how much, but it's just a game. If you don't look at it with that philosophy and that takes all the reward out of it. There's so much the game has to offer kids. Uh, and uh, when, you, when you use it as a, an educational tool and a, a tool to help map the kids future decision-making and direction in life, then it becomes significant, right? Without it, it's just a game. It's a fun game, but not worth putting all that time into it. So I completely agree with Brian. Good for him. Stu, uh, Andrew Harris has had a tumultuous season at times, uh, and he, he addressed that rather quickly after the game where he uh, addressed his haters. So with the year that he's had and then being able to be named most outstanding player and most outstanding Canadian last night after his marvelous performance. Uh, I guess, how did that, you know, when you look at all of that big picture, how does that uh, make you feel? Well, it makes me feel very, very, um, well, I, there's some validation there. You know, I don't, I don't think in any way he did anything wrong. I think he's just trying to do everything he can to improve his career within the rules. Right. And he, you know, he got kind of snowed over somehow, but 
I don't know all the details, but he's got a lot of integrity, that guy, and he busts his butt and he tries to find every possible advantage he could do or, 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 or take advantage of in order to continue to prolong his career, right? Like, And, and for people that, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about that situation. I know enough about Andrew to know that he's not a cheater. And people that accuse him of that, you know what, that's just going to provide fuel to Andrew's fire. So good for you for doing it because it probably made him better. But uh, I don't doubt his integrity. I'm very proud of him. I'm proud of everything he's ever done, and I'm really proud of the way he responded to that adversity. Very proud of him. I got his back no matter what. For the kids coming into school today, Stu, and, and, and who had a chance to watch what would be for them their first Grey Cup victory for their hometown team ever, uh, what, yeah. will, what will you say to them? And, and what does that mean sort of for that next generation? It's one thing to have the legacy of your school and to know that those players went there, but to know that they also won the Cup and to see it uh, as a 14 or 15 or 16-year-old must will be pretty incredible for them. Yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, enjoy the moment. I mean, uh, but focus on what happened here. Like, focus on the journey that took guys like Andrew and Nick. And I mean, think about you know, another graduate, Brady Olivier, with a broken ankle, and he's still out there and sitting on the sidelines and doing what he can to contribute in whatever way he can. There's 50 players on that team doing the same thing, right? And focus on what they're doing in their journey. Um, season's over now, right? We've got another season coming up, and it's the same in high school. Oak Park had a struggling season this year. Focus on the journey. Like, what do we do right? How do we prove upon it, right? And uh, I'm sure everybody wearing a Blue Bomber uniform and cap today are enjoying the moment, but in a few days, you're going to start thinking about what have they got to do for next year. And that's, that's, that's life, right? So that's what I would say to my guys. Yeah, they were successful. How did they become successful? And let's emulate that, and let's start marching. There are some people who uh, shy away from putting their kids in football these days, Stu, and we don't need to get into that. But Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, another Winnipegger. Winnipeg has its stamp all over this great cup. uh, I played with Randy at the Bisons for four years. He's a good man. Yeah, exactly. Good man. And he always talks about football as being the most inclusive sport because – there's a job, there's a potential position or job for anyone, regardless of your physical stature on a football team. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what you're seeing today is these protective parents are uh, allowing their kids to sit in the basement and play video games and go online. And it's, it's really unusual. I, I, it's, it's, maybe it's just me, but I'm actually witnessing a phenomenon where those kids that, you know, I mean, they're, they're not built to play basketball or hockey or volleyball, but they can contribute in a huge way to the sport in rugby or football. They're big bruisers, right? But it's so much more difficult to get them involved because they have much more sedentary options that they could do with their time. Well, yeah, maybe they might not get banged up, but in the long term, what, what is a sedentary lifestyle? What does it do for you? Right. These kids that do play football, that are built like that, they learn how to train. They learn how to be fit. And they adopt that and they internalize it. It becomes part of their lifestyle. Yeah, maybe they banged around a little bit with their playing. But, I mean, it's a damn fun game, right? I mean, let yourself get banged around a little bit. You're young and you'll heal fine. Stu Nixon from Oak Park. The Oak Park Raiders joining us live on 680 CJOB. Coach, thank you very much for this. Uh, Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it.
745 on 680 CJOB. Once again, Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers went to Oak Park. And Brady Oliveira, am I saying this name right, Greg Oliveira? Yeah, Brady Oliveira went to the University of North Dakota, was injured very early in the season, had a great performance. Stu Nixon used to run the community center when he was a young man at Isaac Brock. He used to he used to be really good to us kids. And when I got on the field last night, the Three of the first five people I saw were guys that used to hang around at Isaac Brock Community Center back in the day. So it was just absolutely wonderful to hear from Stu. And he's just so humble. And what a program he's got going on out of part. All right, Greg Mackling, are you going back to bed now? <laughs> I am going to bed. It's a GMAC out for a couple hours. Yeah, well, you said that five. at 6.07, my friend. And then next thing you, know, you know... You guys are doing such a great job of the show. I can't <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> I love it. You deserve the rest, man. That was a well-fought week is how I'm going to phrase it. And you know what? Just listening to Stu and Greg and music, Brett, I think I... like How, how many times now have I almost cried this morning? Lots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're making me feel like an emotionless You got cyborg. no soul, man. Where's your soul? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I have to tighten it up because uh, you, I know you and Greg are emotional, so someone has to drive the bus <laughs> oh my this morning. If you're just tuning in and you missed this, we would, I guess this would have been about 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. ago. Richard Cloutier called us up because he's... On his way back from Calgary, he went out to the game, and this is what happened on his flight. Hey, good morning. Hey, WestJet, we're live on 680 CJOB. Here we go. Many of us have not had much sleep. <laughs> Richard, I've been crying all morning. You're doing it again. You're on a plane clearly full of bombers. The cup is coming home, I just heard. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> uh, so Matthew McConaughey, I guess. There. Yes, I could listen to that for days. That was amazing. And our next guest, I think, is on his way home from Calgary. We, uh, we've got Mayor Brian Bowman on the line. Good morning. You're not you're not singing along with uh, Bomber fans just yet. You know what? I was I was yelling so hard I lost my voice. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, I won't be singing. That's okay. We had uh, Greg Macklin yeah. on with us earlier. He's lost his voice. We had Oak Park uh, coach Stu Nixon on. He's lost his voice. Everybody doing lots of cheering, but cheering's not over yet, uh, Mr. Mayor. Lots of questions about the parade tomorrow. So let's start with that. Do we have a time and place? Well, you know what? Stay, stay tuned. Um, you know, there's, we're working with the team on on something, and obviously, we want to make sure this community has an opportunity to uh, to thank the team for bringing uh, bringing this win home and bringing the cup home. And, um, you know, it's just incredible playoff run, incredible season. And, uh, you know, that's the power of sport. It brings out the best in the community and gives us something to celebrate. Is it, we heard that it looked like maybe tomorrow for this parade. Can you confirm at least that? You know what? I just have to say, stay tuned. Um, you'll, you'll be, you'll be hearing more very soon and, uh, appreciate the patience, but, uh, it won't, what I can guarantee you is you won't have to wait 29 years to get an answer on that. <laughs> Okay, well, that's positive. <laughs> we'll check back in with you on timing. I know we had originally yeah. heard it might be tomorrow afternoon, so we want to just at least give listeners a, a chance to know that and make some plans, because there might be a lot of people yeah. looking to take the day off, maybe bring their kids out of school, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that that, that that's 
that'd be my safe bet. Uh, you might want to kind of just think about your day tomorrow, but uh, you know, just just stay tuned, and, and there'll be more uh, said very soon. You mentioned how a win like this brings the community together, and we'd be remiss. We've been talking about it for months now, just about some of the stresses we've been feeling as Winnipeggers and Manitobans, yeah. whether it comes to crime, a meth crisis. Uh, you know, we had that shooting at 7-Eleven. You've got young offenders. You've got the liquor store robberies, and there's a whole list of things to just kind of be like, ugh, about. And at a time like this, whether you like the Bombers, whether you're a football fan or not, it's, there's something kind of nice about having that magic of of uniting it, even if it's just for a couple hours tomorrow. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, we're Grey Cup champions, and so uh, that's going to last uh, certainly until the game next year. And uh, you know, you're right. Uh, what I what I love about the Grey Cup is it's um, and the CFL. It's it's uniquely Canada's game, and what you see at events like this and and in communities uh, across our, our country is um, is just that recognition that we're all Canadian and um, it, it is a sport and it is a league that connects us unlike any other. And um, it within Winnipeg, you're right. Um, this is definitely some, some really good news at a time when we can certainly use some good news and, and, and celebrate together as Winnipeggers and as Canadians. And Mayor Brian Bowman, I noticed yesterday when I was out for a walk, and I've just noticed recently the abundance of bomber gear that people are displaying with pride, and it's not something that I've really noticed before. Uh, It's kind of nice to see the citizens of our city rally behind this football team at last. You know, it's incredible. I got a a text from my wife last night. Tracy just said, I think we're buying some bomber gear for the kids this this year. We we usually do, but um, yeah, I mean, it, this was a long time coming, and um, you know, for Bomber fans, Tracy and I have been season ticket holders for 20 years, and I know there's many other fans out there that have been season ticket holders for many, many more years. Um, it was interesting talking to the team because some of the players really recognize the fact that it's been 29 years, and others are new to Winnipeg. I mean, you look at our quarterback, uh, you know, Claris. Uh, I mean, he just just came to Winnipeg a matter of months ago, and um, you know that that it, this was just the big game for them, and so. Um, you know, it's still still ex- extremely exciting. Um, it was nice for for us to be able to say, you know, we're winner pick, and so um, everybody I know was just really appreciative of their work. Uh, Wade Miller, Dana Aspiring in their board, and uh, their coaching staff. You know, you look at Paula Police, uh, Dave Ritchie, and, and 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 everybody who supports the organization. They they brought this home, and they deserve incredible amount of credit. Well, you mentioned Dana. She's joining us just after 8.35. We don't have the details yet then on the parade in terms of timing or how it will work, uh, Mr. Mayor. But because we haven't been here before, I just want to ask the question in terms of cost and how that works. Is that a, a joint thing between the city and the club or is that still to be worked out as well? You know what? Stay, stay tuned. There's I, there's a lot of details to come and I just appreciate your patience. We, um, you know, we're, we're just hours away from the win. So um, we're going to we're going to have more to say. We we have been uh, we have been discussing things with the club and um, and of course uh, want to respect the, the the timing and the process of uh, of news. Mr. Mayor, one of the pictures that Greg Mackling sent out into the world uh, was a picture with you and the mayor of Calgary. When you met met up with the mayor of Calgary, did you give him a little bit of a shot? Seeing as the Bombers defeated the Stampeders so soundly in the Western semifinal. Oh, it, it was it was noted. He he hadn't forgotten. So. Uh, <laughs> They, they they didn't forget, but you know what? By uh, by uh, by time we were hosting that cup yesterday, you know we had the uh, mayor of of Edmonton, uh, Mayor Don Iveson, and Mayor Nancy cheering for uh, for the Bombers, and 
you know, Chris Matthew was was here. Uh, Shaw brought him in and his and his uh, his wife, and uh, we did see him put on finally after 29 years a pair of pants, and uh, uh, that was something that was of particular interest to um, to Marinenci. <laughs> I have to say, I said to Brett, I was like, oh, gosh, please let us win so that the only thing people aren't talking about is our no pants guy. But it was fun for him. It was fun for everybody to go oh, yeah. to enjoy that ride. Well, until you saw the pants and, and it, it, you know, that they, they were terrible. But, <laughs> but you know what? It was so nice to meet him and, uh, and, and his wife. And, you know, he uh, you, you talk about the fan base in, in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And uh, the Winnipeg Football Club has very deep roots and a rich history in our community. And, uh, you know, he's kind of that living embodiment of that. One business-related question. I, I'm, we're having fun this morning. I appreciate you coming on. I know it's only 7 a.m. Calgary time. Quickly, you had a meeting with the Premier on Friday. Is there a next step with that in terms of something you'd like to see next and what came out of that with the discussions on a whole hist- hist- list of issues from crime to transit, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, I appreciate that. And I had an opportunity to speak briefly with him uh, here in Calgary as well uh, on a couple of occasions. But you know what? We were meeting uh, just in, in furtherance of, of my request to meet on some of the public safety issues. There's a number of matters that we are working collaboratively together. And this was this was really to move some of those things forward, including the illicit drug strategy recommendations. Uh, Winnipeg City Hall moved on those very quickly and we have uh, more work to do. And the province has been taking some steps in the areas of mental health and addictions. And this was really to kind of just keep that keep that momentum going. I, I obviously want to see a lot more robust work by all three levels of government. And we had a, a good discussion about that, building on my conversation with the Prime Minister as well. All right, Mayor Brian Bowman joining us from Calgary. Thanks for this. Appreciate the time. Thank you. See you back home, guys. Mackling is in Calgary. He has taken a nap because he was up late for the Grey Cup. I hope he was. He keeps calling in. Yeah. Yeah, he called in at 7.30 to join us for a conversation with <laughs> Stu Nixon, coach at Oak Park High School, where Andrew Harris, Nick Dembski, and Brady Oliveira went to school. And your question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Will you attend the Grey Cup Parade? Your options are yes, wouldn't miss it. Maybe I have FOMO, fear of missing out. Or, no, not my thing. You can cast your vote at cjob.com, and you can also cast it on Twitter at 680cjob. So far, the early, and we just put this up a little while ago, the early lead goes to no, not my thing. Oh, at Winnipeg. 69%. I'm not listening to that. Those are just, just, you know what, I appreciate it. It's Monday. You might be tired. I get it. You might not even be super uh, into football, or, but you got to be into your city and your province and seeing happy people unite. So if you like smiles, <laughs> get on board. Well, I suspect our next guest has many smiles to be shared this morning. Who are we talking to right now, Loren McNabb? Well, let's uh, open the phone lines. It's, are they already opened? I don't yes. know. I don't do these things. Okay. Dana Spiry, <laughs> chair of the Winnipeg Football Club. I'm here. I'm here. Good morning. <laughs> I was wondering if you would have lost your voice because I, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you not able to get on stage or pretty darn close last night as the Grey Cup was I, awarded? I was on stage. I got to hoist the Grey Cup. Who would have thought it was uh, it was an incredible, incredible night. So my voice is a little worse for wear, but uh, but I'm still I'm still going this morning. Well, just add you to the list of many who are feeling the same way, Dana. You know, you talk <laughs> about that incredible feeling as you're sitting on the sidelines and and watching your team march towards victory. At what point did you finally say, "Oh my gosh, it's actually happening"? 
you know what, we, I, I had a group of people with us, people that are on our board for the Bombers, and, and we were all together. And, you know, you never want to jinx it. You never want to say too early, hey, I think we've got this. But it was the fourth quarter. We had uh, about four minutes left, and, and, and someone from the CFL came to our seats to say, we're going to usher you to the field. And that's when you get the goosebumps, right? And that's when you know, oh, my goodness, I really think we've done this. And, and it was just one of those surreal moments I will never forget. Goosebumps everywhere and, and, uh, and so exciting. I mean, it was, it was a, an incredible performance by the Bombers. And, and those guys worked so hard. So with about two minutes left, I was uh, standing right beside the field ready to go out and celebrate with them. Four minutes is a long time, though, in the CFL. <laughs> Trust me, trust me, I know. So, so they came there about four minutes early. We did not go down to the field until it was about two minutes left to go because uh, you never want to jinx it. And, and I agree with you, four minutes can be an eternity. Let's talk about some ways you want to continue celebrating, Dana. I know it's early still. I know you're an hour behind and you probably didn't get much sleep, but we want to talk about the parade because we're getting lots of questions about that. So can we confirm it's for sure tomorrow? And, and what more details might you be able to add? You know what? Uh, people are still working on this. So, so I have very few details other than the fact it is tomorrow. And for your poll, I'm going to the parade. You, you'd hate to miss this. this is a, it's been 30 years in the making. So, uh, so, yeah, tomorrow will be a celebration. The details are still being worked out. It's one of those things where, you know, you don't want to count your chickens. And so we made some very, very uh, preliminary plans last week on the off chance that, uh, that the Bombers will be able to win. And, and you don't want to get too far down that planning process until you know you have a great cup to hoist in the air. So um, we know that our teammates want to get back and they want to celebrate with Winnipeg, whether uh, whether they are a Winnipegger like Andrew Harris or whether they've kind of adopted Winnipeg as their hometown like Zach Kolaris. You know, those guys played for our city and, and they want to celebrate with those fans. Last night we were at a party when it was all over, the players were there and, and we were watching images of Portage and Maine. And I can tell you that that meant a lot to them and, and uh you know, we were all very, very excited as a group. So I, I know tomorrow is the day. Details are to follow. I'm told the details are going to start to, to roll out around 1 o'clock today or noon today. So um, I'm also uh, staying tuned, and, and, and that's all I know for right now. And in terms of the cost of the parade, uh, who, who would be footing the bill for that? You know, I, I don't anticipate there being big costs associated with the parade. So so we're, we're looking at that. I mean, I, I'm assuming that a lot of them will be city services that will have to come to the table in terms of closing streets or doing different things. But, um, you know, we, we haven't got that far yet. Uh, tomorrow we're going we're gonna to make sure we celebrate, and, and, and I, I think the cost will be relatively minimal. Well, I don't want to knock our polls because they're supremely scientific, but, yes. but Don <laughs> did just text in to say, hey, don't worry about that. The real Bomber fans might still be asleep and can't vote yet. So that's a great point to <laughs> a lot of those fans. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> they still might be working their way uh, into, you know, sort of out of that cloud and out of that fog, Dana. I really appreciate the time. You know, this has also come for a good time for the club because – you want to inspire the next generation of fans. And, it, and at the end of the day, it's still about getting people in the seats and season tickets and, and finances, uh, keeping them in the black. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, across the CFL, we've seen, um, you know, season ticket holders and, and decline and, and, you know, game attendance hasn't been where we want it to be as a league. So, so that's one of those things that, that we're working towards. And, you know, for the younger people that, that got into this season and, and really, you know, got to know our players. I mean, if you watched Chris Trevor last night, you, you have to just scratch your head. I mean, he's the guy, I gave him a hug at the end of the game and said, you know, if I ever have to go to war, I want you on my side. So he, he's one of those guys that were just so exciting to watch. And, and I think you saw that last night on Portage in Maine. I, I've only seen the picture, so you guys may know more than me. But, um, but it looked like an amazing crowd, a young crowd that was out there 
cheering on their Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So we look forward to welcoming all those people tomorrow and then next season. You know, we, we want to see them in the stands and, and we want to make sure that they're cheering on our team. And, you know, it's so fun to be a part of it. It's just, it's one of those great things that brings our community together. And, and you know, young or old, it's, it, yesterday was a great day for Winnipeg. Dana Spiring joining us live on 680 CJOB. She is the chair of the Winnipeg Football Club and she's with Economic Development Winnipeg. And you mentioned Portage in Maine, Dana. I would invite you and anyone else to have a peek at our Instagram because I pulled a 15-second clip of Global Winnipeg's Merrick to Cash as he's surrounded by fans and then a guy jumps in front of the camera and (laughs) and cracks open a couple of beers and chugs them stone-cold Steve Austin style. And it's just a priceless moment. I will check moment. that out as soon as we're done here. I it, think that's fantastic. It's worth a laugh for sure. I think Brett's watched it three or four times now yeah. this morning. So we appreciate the time and look forward to hearing more details about that parade tomorrow, Dana. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too, Dana. Also worth pointing out as well, the cans he was drinking were blue and gold. I believe it was... Uh, I think he was drinking Labatt Blue, but uh, the colors were appropriate. That parade video, and you know, Winnipeg police confirming this morning upwards of 1,000 people they believe at Portage Maine, and also saying there were zero issues. You know, lots of people always make jokes about uh, crime and where we're at in the city with that. And yes, those are not funny. That we we get it. There's other issues to talk about, but people came, celebrated, did it nicely, safely, and uh, might still be sleeping before they can vote on our poll this morning. So let us know. It's been a tough go, we know, this fall for many producers just trying to get their crop off. And now, of course, we have uh, an issue with the CN rail strike, and that means some of the product can't get to where it needs to go. Bill Campbell is with the Keystone Agriculture Producers and joins us now. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Well, tell us what, what impact this is having. Does this mean that crop is staying in the bins, or has it gotten to the grain elevators, but now it can't get moving to the next destination? Well, any time that you have an impact of 50% of your rail capacity uh, on strike, uh, that uh, makes it very difficult to get the terminals to get their grain to export position. So once the terminals are full uh, in the countryside, they will no longer be able to accept grain. So then the farmers are unable to deliver their grain, unable to get paid, unable to create cash flow, uh, it's just a extremely difficult situation. The the impacts of the strike are, I think, are being felt throughout this country uh, now. So, well, the latest is that the Teamsters are no closer to reaching to that agreement with CN Rail, and we're now into the seventh day. Uh, I don't know if you've run out of words, Bill, to characterize the impact this past six, seven weeks has had on just the psyche of farmers, but it's been one heck of a season. Well, it's been extremely difficult, and I know that farmers are a resilient group, but we are certainly being tested this year with the the weather conditions and and now this particular issue, uh, trade impacts. Uh, just it just doesn't seem to end. Uh, the the uh, things that are happening to the agricultural industry this fall. Now, in terms of this strike, like, is there sort of a a deadline, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, a spot where it would be really, really bad if it kept going beyond a certain day. Well, I think uh, through the media, we have seen and heard uh, some of the economic impact that this is having to this country. Uh, And uh, that is extremely alarming. The one thing about the grain transportation system is that every day you lose, you don't get it back. We run on a very tight, uh, uh, coordinated schedule, and uh, the rail system virtually has to run 52 weeks a year at maximum capacity. 
So this has implications, you know, next spring. Um, you know, it's snowing here again. We've had a wet fall. What will the spring look like? Will we be able to deliver our crops, uh, you know, in that uh, spring breakup time in April and stuff? So uh, if we can't get our crop, even though it is worth less than it has been previous years, if we can't get it moved, how how are we going to be able to pay bills and function? And, um, you know, it, it just the impacts on this are just, very, very significant. But as far as a drop-dead date, uh, I guess that I, I believe that that would be up to the government to determine when this has become significant enough for them to deal with it. Uh, I just can't think that this country can handle these kind of economic impacts for very long. Um, we've already probably seen economic signals in this country that are concerning to every citizen. All right, Bill Campbell with the Keystone Agriculture Producers. You're a farmer yourself, Bill, and I know how uh, stressful these past few months have been, so we appreciate the time. Well, uh, thank you very much. And I guess uh, congratulations to the Blue Bombers. Great Cup's over, and winter's here now. So (laughs) it's uh, onward for Manitoba. Onward for Manitoba. Some good news, at least, in this. Thanks, thanks, Bill. You you betcha. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bill Campbell joining us live on CJOB. And I'm just looking at a picture here. This is in Montreal, Montreal Gazette. A convoy of tractors driven by farmers from south of the city drove to the Canadian National Headquarters in Montreal Friday to emphasize the difficulty of propane shortage caused by a strike by CN workers could be for the agricultural sector in the province. Mm. And they're going to protest this morning in front of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's riding office in Montreal. So just an example of how the effects of this strike are affecting farmers uh, across the country. Yeah, and you talk about the idea of not getting a paycheck. Like, what is your drop dead, right? You know, is it a week? Is it two? Is it three? What do you have sitting in the bank, let alone what you have sitting in the bin? So stressful times for them. And I'm glad he mentioned the bombers at the end because it's nice to have something to cheer for this year. And, and after nine, I can't wait to speak to our next guest. Uh, met him last night at the Neighbors Grey Cup party. Sorry, I've known him for a while. But what he told me last night, I, I hadn't heard before about uh, just what this game means to him, but also his family and the thing that he carries with them to every single Blue Bombers game. And he carried it with him to Porta Domain last night. Uh, it's pretty special story. I'll tell you what I'm carrying with me right now. It feels like a brick inside my stomach. I ate so many (laughs) M&M snacks last night. So my buddy Ken first, he pulls out the hell of a good dip. Oh yeah. The onion dip. So I essentially, and and I inhaled almost all of it Mm -hmm. in like 15 minutes. So right there, uh, my stomach hurt. And then he pulls out the, the party pack from M&M's and we ate that and then some bagel bites some pizza bagel bites and some chicken wings and you got it uh, though there's no great cup without all that no it, there isn't and but it you hurts. know what we've been talking about how sports unite if the sport didn't unite your stomach ache should unite this morning because I'm sure <laughs> there are thousands of Manitobans feeling the same thing yeah and it might not be their stomach that's aching it might be a head Headache. Oh, from libations. You know. Yeah, perhaps. If, again, go to Brett's Instagram account. Check out that video. That guy is feeling it this morning. Yeah, the 680CJOB. <laughs> we, we put it up on Twitter, on Facebook. It's on our Instagram of this dude crushing beers in front of Merrick to Cash at Portage and Maine. <laughs> McGarry and McNabbin studio, Mackling is sleeping it off in <laughs> Calgary. And I bet you, even though he had fun there, he probably also wished that he was here. 
I was Portage in Maine yesterday. Yeah, I'm just going to retweet this now. Tristan retweeted one of our colleagues at Global News uh, who lives on Portage Avenue, I think. And Corey took that video last night and Tristan just said, you know, it makes me smile because it wasn't just about being at Portage in Maine. It's the everybody around, you know, if you couldn't get there or you couldn't maybe be at a party, honking your horn is the simplest way to, to celebrate. So I thought that was pretty cool. And another thing that I thought was great last night is something Mike O'Shea said um, when he acknowledged all the people that we wish were probably also here with us to celebrate. I also want to say for the for the fans that, you know, there's going to be fans that maybe missed it by a year whose loved ones maybe have missed it for a year, but I bet you they're smiling down on us right now too. Well that was said. Lovely sentiment, Brett. And that brings me perfect segue to our next guest. Uh, so I have great neighbors and I love them for lots of reasons. They're, they're really helpful. They're lovely. Their kids are great. They also just host great parties. And nice. so then you, when we were busy yesterday with hockey, we just like, we'll just show up with the neighbors. And there with them is another longtime Blue Bomber fan, Kevin Dodge. And I've known him for a while. But what I've never really known is the story he's he's going to share with us now. I had asked Kevin, what's on, what's the number on your jersey? He's wearing number seven. And he shared with us a pretty special story, and, and Kevin joins us now to share it with the rest of you. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. So, first of all, how many hours of sleep did we have? Well, it wasn't horrible. I mean, we got to Port of Germain around, I don't know, 10 o'clock and stayed there for an hour and a half or so. I, I, I had a good six hours anyway, so that was good. Six hours is solid, Kevin. So, let's talk about the connection you have with this team, how long you've loved them, and in particular, your dad, because that's what number seven is all about. Absolutely. Well, the real short story to get to where we are today was I was born in Winnipeg in 72. Uh, we got transferred to Saskatoon in 1975. Dad worked for Air Canada. And he raised us as true Blue Bomber fans in Saskatoon, which is a bit of a tough upbringing. But hey, we were solid and true to the blue, that's for sure. Moved back here in 1989 to go to university. And then I got to see 1990 and the win. And lo and behold, I didn't know it would take 29 more years. I've had season tickets ever since I moved here. So dad was always cheering from Winni- or from Saskatoon and uh, um, fond memories. Every time he came to Winnipeg, he always made sure to come to games with me while I was in university or after. So uh, he did pass away uh, four or five years ago. And, you know, every time I go to a game now, I wear, I wear my lanyard with his picture. So he's at the game every time with me. And this was just so special for our family. And my brother was in tears. My mom was in tears back in Saskatchewan. It was just a, just a great, great time to be a Bomber fan and reflect upon Dad's memories. How hard was it for him being a diehard Bomber fan to go year after year, like 25 years uh, until his passing without a bom- another Grey Cup victory for his team? Well, you know, he was always positive. So I mean, while he was disappointed, he was always positive. He would say, don't worry, Kevy, next year. Don't worry, don't Kevy, they'll get it next year. So it, it was just one of those things where he was never negative about it. Didn't mean he wasn't disappointed, but he just uh, stayed true to the blue is what he always said. When you wear your dad's picture around your neck, I noticed last night too, you brought a picture of your dad with your son to the party, yep. your son's there. It's clearly become a, a generational thing, something you're trying to pass along to your son. So he kind of has the same memories that you do, I think, Kevin. 
Yeah, he does. I mean, his first game, Jager was uh, was in a car seat carrier um, at the old Winnipeg Stadium. I think he was six weeks old. We were up, of course, in a private box. He wasn't in the stands. And he's been wearing the blue and gold ever since. And, uh, you know, at the start, he really didn't watch the games. He just wore the jerseys and kind of knew that it was something that was important to dad and mom. But now it's uh, now it's entrenched in him. He, he knows when it's game day, proudly wears it to school. And, and I took him to Portage of Maine last night so he could experience it. And he was just in awe taking pictures. And I got, will you be going to the parade? Absolutely. He can't miss that parade. I have to take him just so he can see what it's going to look like. And you know what? It just brings a province together. And I want my son to see what, what something happens special like this in the province of Manitoba, how galvanized it makes the city. No different than when the Jets won their playoff runs. Do you remember being, did you go to the parade in 1990? Do you remember? Absolutely. I did. Yes, absolutely. And can yeah, you yeah. go ahead, Kevin, just tell us a bit yeah, about it. Was, yeah, it was, uh, I remember it was cold, but I just, you didn't really feel it because the players were so jubilant and you could just see that Grey Cup and uh, just the memory of going through Portage and Maine with that Grey Cup and the guys sitting in convertible cars and stuff like that. It was just, you don't forget stuff like that. O'Shea talked about the people who have left us that are smiling down. What do you think your dad would be doing if he was here with you or that he maybe even be doing right now if, if that's what you believe in? <laughs> I do believe in that. He was, he was smiling down the whole time. Um, I, uh, I just know he'd be smiling. He, he'd be having a, he'd be having a rum and, uh, just going, wow, this is fantastic. Glad you, glad they finally did it. And, uh, and he was definitely there with us. I think I told you last night about when I ran Jake onto the field, we got to lead the team on the field and I had a little picture cut out of my, my dad and I just kind of flicked it on the 30 yard line and boy, it stayed there for three quarters. You could see just a glimmer of it and we we're going, okay, this is the year it stayed there for three quarters. So I think dad was pretty happy he was there uh, to celebrate with us i'm glad to hear that he uh he was a rum guy because i i may or may not have enjoyed one or two rums last night during the great cup but during that game uh you know my buddy's wife was shouting at the announcers was shouting at the play-by-play guys because they kept saying things like is this the year as time was ticking down in the fourth quarter but we were still seven eight minutes out did it did you ever kind of wonder, as Jeff Braun also mentioned earlier this morning, he said Bomber fans have gotten used to the rug getting pulled out from underneath. Did you think at all that the Ticats might come back here? You know, uh, up until the middle of the fourth quarter, yeah, it's in the back of your mind. Not outwardly, outwardly was I saying it, but it's in the back of my mind. But, you know, once you got to that middle of the fourth quarter and you, you just see how the defense was smothering and nothing was going to stop them. You could just feel it at that point. And that's when my maybe a little trepidation switched to inner, inner jubilance until the final seconds ticked off. Before we let you go, I think we should give a shout out to your wife who I drove you 45 minutes downtown last night to Portage, Maine, if I have that right. Absolutely. My <laughs> wife, Tracy, is amazing. Um, there's no question. You know, she's been uh, just a supporter of, of this diehardness I have for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and, and she's fully ingrained too. But no, shout out to Tracy. She was awesome, and she knew how important it was to me and showing Jake what it's like to be part of this community and part of this wonderful football club. And let's say your dad's name too. Let's give a shout out to him, Kevin. Lindsay Dodge. Good old Lindsay. Smelling up there in heaven right now. Awesome. Appreciate the time. Kevin Dodge, long time, no longer suffering Blue Bombers fan. Thanks for this, Kevin. No problem. Anytime, Red.
914 on 680 CJOB. That is such a, that was a great, uh, great story. I have to say last night we're leaving. I don't know what time it was. The game's over. And I said, uh, we were talking about, oh, we, if we had time, we should have gone with Kevin. That would have been so much fun. And then we turned around and we're like, you're Tracy's still here. Where'd Kevin go? She's like, well, he said he was just going over to another friend's house for just for a bit and he'll be right back. And so then I wasn't exactly sure if they would get there, but I woke up to pictures from them at Portage and Maine. I'm going to share them with uh, folks on our Twitter and Instagram page and a lovely story. I love it when things like that come together for everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.